to safety. All you got to do is just say, here am I. Here am I. Barak came out of a cave so that someone saw and the shepherd grabbed him and took him to safety. Luke 15, 8 through 10, yet another parable. It says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, rejoice with me for I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In the days of Jesus, a woman was known to receive these 10 coins on her wedding day. 10 valuable coins. This meant a lot to her. All of you women that have had a wedding day know there's something momentous about that day that sticks out to you. Whether it's the photo album, whether it's your, your this flower thing that you keep, you try to dry, all the flowers fall off. I'm just telling you, I've been there. Doesn't matter what box you put it in, it all falls apart. The bottom line is, is that this meant a lot to her. It was valuable and she had to find what was lost. It meant something to her. It was important. That's the lost to God. It is valuable. It is so valuable. So valuable that he's not only searching for it, waiting for their cry so that he can hear and come to their rescue, but valuable that he's asked you and I to go searching. Will you help me search for what is lost? Because I count it valuable. They don't know what it's like out there, but I do. I've been tested. I've been tried. I know the adversary. Go tell them and save them and bring them back home that they might know me as their great and mighty shepherd. This is what God's asking you and I to do. Let's go on to Luke 15. This one is the most common to us again. In verse 11, and I'm going to read the rest of it because I think the word does not return void. And if you've heard the story of the prodigal son, you're going to hear it again. Jesus continued, this was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. How many of you have known someone like that? And don't say yourself, I'm sure that's out there too. <laughs> After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out as a citizen of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. Oh, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he had come to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was on still a long way off from his father, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, love for him. Remember the first scripture, how Jesus saw the crowds that he was proclaiming the good news and he was filled with compassion? This father was like Jesus. And he sees his son from afar off and he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son who was in the field, when he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and he asked, what is going on? They're like, well, your brother has come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him, but answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a youngest goat so I could celebrate with my friends. When this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him? Someone's a little upset. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. See, this younger son reminds me of Isaiah 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray and each one of us turned our own way. Haven't we all thought we knew better than God. Now, don't get me wrong. This younger son was pretty entitled. Well, you can give me all of my inheritance now. I mean, come on. Some of us would have, as parents, we'd have given him a nice slap. But years ago, we had a situation in our family. Years ago, one of our boys decided they were going to do some wild things. And just let me say this, moms and dads, if you're out there and your children have taken a wild way, just let me say this. My older boy the other day said to me, he said, mom, do you get that you can only raise us in a certain way and then we have to choose sooner or later what we're gonna do for ourselves? There's nothing you could do or say that's not gonna make me choose what I choose. Either I have to believe God and do it his way, or I have to believe and do it my way. End of story. So I'm just letting you know that there's some parents out there who your children have made some very adult decisions. Even though some of them were 14, some were 13, some of them were even 11. And they're making very adult decisions. 
you know what? If you have taught them in the way they should go, you gotta be okay with that. God's gonna work with them. God's working on them. This lost is all about them. Anyways, he decided he was gonna do a little bit of that wild living. And then, after doing it, he got caught. We talked to him, we told him how disappointed we were, how frustrated we were that he chose this point for his life. But then something changed in my heart. I became angry. I was mad. Oh, I'm telling you, I was mad. Like, how could you do this? You knew better, right? And then I decided in my heart that it wasn't enough that I was angry, but I wanted him to pay for what he had done. Needless to say, the next three months of grounding and life were miserable. Miserable. But what I didn't realize, I wasn't mature enough to handle what had just happened. I didn't know spiritually. My breath had been knocked out of my body as a mother. I was just, oh, oh please, please. Let me just say this. My love for him was based on his performance in life. Sometimes we as Christians love others based on how godly or ungodly they are. It's a dangerous place to be. See, God didn't love him like that. My love was shallow. My love was carnal. I was hurt by his actions and took it personal. And I thought it was my fault, so I started to put my fault on him. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Randy, he did an amazing job. Randy was not at all like me. Randy truly understood what it meant to give someone grace and some mercy. But my mercy bank had plunged on run out. There wasn't one drop left, and I was about to tell you there was not one drop left. Since then, I want you to know that We've told him that I didn't quite handle it the way I should have. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't handle that in a spiritual way at all, but I allowed my flesh to overtake my spiritual response. See, I needed God's love in my heart to grow. I needed God's character in me to grow. His attributes, his style, his way of doing things, not mine. But I would have never learned that had this boy never made the choices that he made. Now he's a grown adult, and I want to believe that I'm different. Though I would still be displeased in actions, I wouldn't make him pay. I would understand, and I would love him through it. And I would definitely be more like Jesus. It's not easy when these things come. But unlike God, unlike us, God is not that carnal love. God's love is not based on who we are or what we've done or how we perform in this life. Love is not an emotion to him. He is love. It says 1 John 4, 8, God is love. It says, God loved my son no matter how ugly his actions became. 
God loved my son on the day that his sin had become and the second he saw the wrong and turned, God rejoiced and all of heaven began to have a party for who my son was. I was just a little bit behind. It said, he was lost, but now he is found. He was dead in his sin, but now he's been made alive in Christ. And now he can accept all that the mighty shepherd has for him. He was blinded, but now he sees. For haven't we all been drawn away by our own lust? Deceived? Blinded by who we really are? Justifying our sin? Oh, it was just one look. Oh, it, you know, just one little lie. It, they understood don't we all justify in some way so that we can get around and be drawn away by our own lust into the work of the enemy? We've all, like sheep, gone astray. All of us. And I think sometimes when we look at people around us, we forget where we were. That's the problem. And we expect everyone to be where we are. That's not what Christ does to us. He accepts us as we are. And then he continues to walk with us through this life. He walks through us and he rejoices when we get it. When we get it, he's happy. He's rejoicing that we've come back to the fold. Even though some of us, hours later, walk right back away. And days later, come right back. Here's what I'm asking you today. Do we really care about what Jesus cares about? Do we really? Because last week we talked about the good news and sharing the good news. I brought you to the loss. We wrote back in January what we were going to preach about through the year. And this was already on the calendar for the month of May. And I thought, Lord, what do you want to say? He says, I want them to have my heart, Nicole. My heart. My heart beats differently. My heart loves the world. My heart loves them so much that I gave everything I had everything yet we love so shallow and I say we with me included please understand what I'm saying God loves you he loves you so much that what he did for you on the cross it's not a secret to us we know most of us here in this room are Christians today or have heard about the gospel somewhere but if you were found and you've gone astray, he loves you. He is moved for compassion for you. This is what I know. My heart doesn't beat as much as I would like it to beat for God. It doesn't. Sometimes I don't think like he thinks. Sometimes I'm too busy to see what he sees. Sometimes I don't want to be uncomfortable. 
I don't want to say what he don't want me to say. I don't want to take the extra time to turn around and go do what he's asking me to do. But I know this. When I begin to read about who God is, I know that he's drawing me to be more like him. I know that he's drawing the church of America, the church of the world to be more like him. I know that when we see this story and we read it and we hear it today and it goes in our mind and sits in our heart, something begins to change. Something begins to change in you and I. God's calling us to care for what he cares for. As I close today, I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, we're getting out of here early. Well, sometimes closings can be a little long. I read James 5, 19 through 20. This is what it says. Tells us that if one of us should wander from the truth, someone should bring that person back. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. I bring to your attention today the world population clock. There are 7.9 billion people on this earth today. This clock is actually real time, shows us how many people are being born and how many people are dying. I want you to know that every one of these people, God knows them by name. And he has the hairs of their head counted. By the way, he's making a lot of notations to mine since COVID. I've lost a lot of hair. I'd like to know when this stops. If anyone knows, please PM me. Let me know. I'm losing hair. He knows your name and the numbers of hair on your head. He's looking for each one that is lost until he finds them, to scoop them up and carry them home. Every 1.8 seconds, a person dies to meet eternity, whether they go to heaven or they go to hell. We know it's appointed unto man, each man, a time to live and a time to die. 1.8 seconds, another one dies. That clock just keeps going. It never stops. It never stops. And all those births are amazing and we're rejoicing. But you realize the second someone has come back to Christ, the second a sinner is saved, heaven stops. And they begin to rejoice. That clock don't stop. That clock's going to keep on ticking because the world's way never stops. The world's way has its own purpose. It says this many people die, this many people are born. This many people do this, this many people do this. But God says stop and rejoice for that which is lost has now been found and they have come home. This is a concern to our God and to the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it becomes a concern to you and I. If you're here today and you feel lost and you say, Nick, I'm like that sheep. I'm like Barak. I have gone away from the flock and I know it. 
I've been attending this church and I've been coming in late and I've been leaving early so that I don't have to deal with people because I don't want anyone to know what I really am. My wool keeps growing and I can't see and I don't feel like there's anything leading me home. Your church family's here for you. Come home. Though a righteous man fail seven times, he gets up eight. It's all on what you do after you fall. Don't lay down. Don't give up. Get back up and get in the game. It's never too late. You're always welcome in his kingdom. You're always welcome in the church. Come back home. We celebrate what comes back home. This mic still haunts me. I'm telling you, Lord. (sighs) I'm listening to you, Jim. I can hear you down there. Listen, we're not to be like Barack. We're not to be on our own. We were meant to be one with another. I'm looking around at couples in the church and I'm seeing individuals. And I know your story. I know your story. And I'm believing with you in faith. And I know that God has Wyatt in his hands. I'm believing with you. I know your situations. I know multiple of you believing for your children. And here's what I'm to tell you. They're not lost. It's all right. They're coming home. Amen. And for those of you that have children that are all serving Jesus, you need to rejoice. You need to say, thank you, Lord. There's some of us, yeah, they got struggles. Yeah, they've fallen in some pits. But you know what? (laughs) I saw this video the other day while looking at Barack. They were showing me. They pull out this sheep. This sheep is in a little hole about this big. I'm not kidding you. This sheep slammed down inside there. They come down. They pry the sheep up. They get him out. He's jumping all around, jumps right back in the same hole. I'm like, yep, yep. Though a righteous man fails seven times, jump in the same stupid hole seven times. God rescues him eight and he gets out and we rejoice. Amen. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on each other. And don't give up on the lost. Here's what I'm going to do. Stand to your feet this morning. I told you you're going to get out early. Today's message was twofold. One, to let you know that if you're lost, we want you back home. That if you've just been doing this church because it's the thing to do, because your parents did it, because your grandparents did it, maybe because you've got too many friends in the church and you really don't want them to know what you've been living like. That's okay. That's okay. Come back home. We're here for you. And maybe today you've never given your life to Christ. You think you're not worthy enough to give your life to Christ. Well, I got, I got so much stuff I need to get right. No, you don't get right. You come to Christ the way you are and he gets you right. You know, somebody said the other day, well, you know, that that couple's living together in the church. And I said, yeah, you're right. 
They are. I've had a conversation and they said, we're not sleeping together. No more, Pastor Nicole. No more. We've cut it off. And I said, that's amazing. That's wonderful. They said, but we're tithing. I said, of course you are. Let me tell you something. God doesn't always clean things up in the order you want them cleaned up. See, you want the things that people see the most to be cleaned up first. And sometimes God doesn't choose to clean up what you see first. He starts with the root of where the problem is because he knows what they're really struggling with. Do I believe that if Jesus came back today, get that couple that's living together? Here's what I'm gonna say. I wouldn't wanna be that couple just in case. But here's what I'm here to tell you. Jesus walks with us where we are. And that couple living together, trying to stay clean, is just like someone trying to not talk about somebody. And it's just like you and I trying to do the right thing. Yes, God is a very black and white God. And yes, God says this is sin and this is not. And I understand what it means. But in some hearts of people, it's working itself out. And God's working on people right now as we speak in this church. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice today that says I'm lost and I want to come home, then this service was for you. And I'd like to say that in January, God knew this service was for you when he planned what the series would be for the month of May. That which was lost. The lost sheep, the lost coin, because you are valuable. You are considered valuable and important to God. No matter what you've done, how far you've run, or what you've accomplished. You are loved. Today I invite you to come down front and pray the sinner's prayer with us. Pray the repentance prayer and come back to the fold. Church members, if there's someone next to you that you don't know, turn to them and ask them, would you like to go down and accept Jesus as your personal savior? And if you even think that the brother or sister has been living a little sketchy next to you, you can ask him too. And wives, that equals your husband, you can ask. Is there anybody here today? I don't want this moment to pass you by. Is there anyone that say, I was lost, but I want to be found? Anyone? All right. Then here's my encouragement to you, church. Today, I'm going to pray a prayer about our hearts and the way they look. Every one of us needs to take time to self-reflect. You know, it says, search me, O God, and know what's happening in here. Sometimes we need to self-check. Sometimes we need to make sure that our heart looks like God's heart looks. And it isn't like the Pharisees and the people that went to church judging everything that was going on outside of the world. 
Sinners do what sinners do. It's going to be bad. Why are you shocked? Why? We're not meant to be shocked by what we see. We're meant to share our story with them, which is the story of Christ, and try to lead them home. But today, let's take a moment and let's pray and truly ask God to reveal the intentions of our hearts. Are they really like yours, Jesus? Or are they caught up with my own agenda? Are they busy with the things that are found, the things I want to do, the things that I like in life, or are they consumed with what you're consumed with? I don't think I ever realized when we went through that with our boy that I wasn't being Christ-like. In fact, I thought I was being the right parent. But when I read Jesus' example of parenting, I don't think I did it right. So Father, we just come before you today. Father, we humble ourselves before you today. And we ask you, God, to search us. Search us, oh God, that our hearts would become more like yours. God, that we would move like you move. That we would love like you love. God, consume us with what consumes you. Father, the injustices in this life that are happening, God, let it take us over. Let us be consumed with what consumes you. Father, I ask you, God, that our eyes would be open, that we would see what you see. That our ears would be open, that we would hear what you hear. The sheep crying out for help. God, that we would hear it. That we would not look at the mess they got themselves in, but listen to the cry of them wanting out. Help us to respond with mercy and grace and love. And God, even a firm hand when it's needed. Judge us, oh God. Judge our hearts and show us any unclean thing in us. Now, God, I ask that each and every one of us today, Father, that you give us a divine appointment, a divine appointment to share our story. Father, that we would see something that was lost this week and respond. God, we use our faith not just for our own life, but we use our faith for others this week. God, we use our faith for your work. God, that one girl who's pregnant thinking of an abortion could be saved. God, that she feels so much shame, so much condemnation, but God, that we could walk her to your cross, that we could walk her back home. Father, a husband, maybe that's gone back to drugs for the 18th time and left his family. God, you know where he is. Bring him home. Bring him home and break that spirit of addiction in his life in Jesus' name. Father, you came to proclaim freedom to the captives. Mend the brokenhearted. 
Thank you for who you are, God, in our lives. Send us. Send us, God, for this week we go into our communities. We go into our workplaces. We go into our families. We go into this life, Father, to share you at a greater level. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today, you're sick in your body, you need prayer, then I want you to come forward. We're gonna pray with you, the rest of you. You are healthy, you are whole. Now you have to go. Go into this world, look for those Baraks, they're somewhere. Look for the sheep that's jumped in the same hole twice. I promise you, they're there too. And God's gonna reveal them to you and he's gonna give you the heart of compassion to move. All right, if you need prayer, come on down front. And we're here to pray for you today. Go and be blessed. We'll see you on Wednesday night.